Welcome to episode 41 of RJ Bell's Dream Preview MLB Edition. My name is Taylor Ringgold. My co-host Griffin Warner is right beside me on the mic, and we have a lot to talk about on this Friday episode. Of course, we'll recap our best bets from Wednesday's episode. We will talk a little trade deadline talk like we've been doing the last few episodes, our weekend series spotlight, Friday's card, and of course, at the end of the show, we will be doing our Friday best bets. Griff, our Wednesday best bets, one for two once again. This time you were on the other end. You got the W, your Padres Tigers under seven and a half runs. Big W for you. Me, I picked the Orioles to beat the Rays, and the Orioles just came back in the ninth inning of, or the, excuse me, I think it was the eighth inning. And no, bottom nine, Jorge Mateo home run, which uh, eight, his eighth home run of the year. I was very shocked by that. And, and unfortunately, one of the most dominant closers in the league, Jorge Lopez, uh, blew the save in the 10th. Yeah, uh, I thought you might even get that one. I mean, it wasn't as heroic as that like seven run deficit that was erased a few, what feels like years ago now, but probably was like a month ago. Um, but, you know, I thought they might get it certainly as the home team with a nasty closer at the top of 10. Like I felt like you probably be in a good shape to, uh, to hang on. But uh, yeah, you know, the, there are a lot of blown saves yesterday to say the least uh, or Wednesday. Um I almost got bitten in my under. I won by half a measly half of a run uh, because I think the uh, the Padres and Taylor can never remember which Rogers brother it is. I think Taylor Rogers blew his like seventh save in a row or something yes. like that. Yet they still won't give the job to Luis Garcia. I don't get it. Um, but yeah, that was uh, one of those situations where I think I specifically said to everybody, look for the first half number because you never want to go to extra innings with these ghost runners. Luckily, we didn't get there, but it got a little hairy, I got to say. you uh, Darvish was good. Um, the potentially traded Tarek Skubal was pretty good. And, uh, you know, just needed to get back on track and uh, looking forward to another best bet winner on, on this and hopefully a 2-0 for us. Yeah, and, and for my pick, like, I I know the history's there, and I maybe I should have put that out there, but you know Tyler Wells didn't do that bad. Four and a third innings, four and five Ks. Like, yeah, that's not great, but the history against the Rays versus Tyler Wells is not great. I just thought maybe this could be a bounce back start after a few rough ones. But besides those few rough runs, he's had a pretty decent year. Go ahead, Griff. Well, he he left with an injury, and I think he might be probably done for the season, is my guess, based on what I saw. Looked like an oblique, which is never something that seems to heal quick enough um, for a pitcher. Really, any type of baseball player at this point. Um, I don't think Nolan Ryan was pulling obliques, but he had a lot more beer in his system than I think the modern-day players. Um, But Tyler Wells, I mean, I got to say, I watched his start in Tampa, the start before that. I hate that they always pitch against the same teams over and over again, but he was good in that one and just couldn't seem to finish his outing. I don't think he was great. I don't think he was bad. I just, I, I still don't really know how to treat the Rays, but we'll probably get into them a lot more on this episode. So I probably don't need to belabor the point right now. Yeah. And the Orioles bullpen to, to I, we've been talking about this bullpen for the last few episodes, but man, they, took after Tyler Wells and they did such a good job from the four to third innings pitch from Wells. And then ever since he left the bullpen leading up to Lopez, uh, they let up three hits and it looks like they struck out um, four, five, six, seven, eight. So they struck out eight pitchers, eight, eight batters. The bullpen was dominant. And then I thought Jorge Lopez being one of the most dominant pitchers in the game right now in the, in the bullpen wise, he blew the save, which I was really surprised and get catches his sixth out in the year. But um, this bullpen is extremely impressive. The ERAs, Batista's ERA is a 155. Uh, Aiken, who really isn't a good pitcher, he's having a decent year. He has a 240 ERA. Uh, Dylan Tate's got a 228. So they're finding some they're finding life out of certain people that would have been failed starters or just failed pitchers in a different organization. And they're really turning around, but unfortunately, I caught the the L in that one. But well, Griff, well, you, you... well, let me let me say, um, unfortunately, part of this game is that's going to happen. The blown saves. I mean, 
they drive me nuts and make me throw things against the wall that probably my neighbors don't appreciate. But it's just one of those things where, unfortunately, if you got to that 10th inning as you did in a tie game and extras, um, the Orioles are likely a favorite to win that game. So all we can do in this life, this sport, this uh, hobby of ours, some people do it as a living. All we can do is put ourselves in positions where our bets are positive expected value. It certainly was. Maybe not for the whole game, but it certainly was at that point. And just a tough, uh, you got to hang with them. Um, you hit the line drive right at somebody. Uh, you just got to go up there, forget about it, and swing them for the fences the next time. Yep, bounce back. That's all we do on this podcast. You catch an out, we bounce back, catch a W. That's it. But before we get into more great content from this episode, I'm going to give you guys a quick contest here. Beat the Hitman NFL contest, $500 first place. In f- and a five hundred dollar bonus. How much? Hit- that's a lot of money. We'll get into it in a second. Like that's a lot of money you can get. So the hitman earned plus fifty two point six five NFL units last season. For this, beat the a hitman NFL contest. The contestant who earns the listen to this the most NFL units wins a five hundred dollar cash prize. If the winner earns more than the hitman did last season then the con then the contestant winner will get an additional 500 now if you're good at the math at home you're listening to this that's 100 that's one thousand dollars whoa thousand dollars earn it today it's free to get in just go to pregame.com and then click on the contest to find the nfl hitman contest that's it that's thousand dollar cash prize uh it's free to get in do it now I mean, Griff, you were just talking about it before. Like, I, you might have to bite, be dabbling I, in this. I mean, I might be making a, a screen name called Railer Ringgold and see what happens. <laughs> might have to. Might have to do it. But now let's go on to some of the content we have to talk about in this episode. We've been doing the last few episodes. We've been doing some trade deadline talk. And we're going to continue on until August 2nd, which that's a recording day for us and Wednesday would be a podcast that uh, will drop and we'll recap a ton of the trades. Almost, we'll probably do all the trades that happen and see what those trades can do for those teams going forward and see where maybe lines have changed in the sports books. But Juan Soto news update. I was talking to a friend that covers the Texas Rangers and the Rangers have now entered the pool on acquiring Juan Soto. Believe wow. it or not. So now you have the Yankees, the Mets, the Cardinals, the Padres, and now the Texas Rangers. And I've been told it is all of the big-name prospects, including the number one pick last year, Jack Leiter. That's on the table, Griffin. And, and unfortunately, people can't see his reaction. was like, what the? Um, I'm according to my friend who covers the Rangers every single day. He says, Leiter, uh, Owen White. And Colwyn, and I think I think Kumar Rocker would stay, but those are some of the top prospects for the Rangers organization. Now, if you if you uh, if that happens, you would have Soto, Simeon, and Seager as the big name three hitters. Of course, and also if you want to do Adoles Garcia as well, and then oh, maybe Sam Huff can turn into something that the Rangers have been dying for. Uh, that's a big that's a big name to go into a, a team that is struggling. I don't know if that would be a great place for Soto, but I, I I'm looking more and more every day that the Cardinals look are looking like they are just they look better every day when it comes to this this kind of trade. I mean, I as a Dallas resident, I would love for Juan Soto to be playing here. Not that I really care too much about the Rangers and I'm Unfortunately, blacked out from all their games because MLB TV <laughs> has a really nice setup where literally I can't watch any team in the state of Texas, even though Houston's like a four and a half hour drive from here. Regardless, um, that would be cool. Uh, I do feel like the Rangers just set up shop in the uh, in my old apartment in Nashville and just only drafts Vanderbilt players at this point. But, you know, could could be worse. Could be a worse program that they didn't really make it to the College World Series this year. Bad, bad year for my NBA alma mater. Anyway, um, that'd be cool. I like hearing more teams coming in, though. I've part of me wonders if the Nats are just floating any name they possibly can, uh, kind of like any 
player would be uh, his agent would be name dropping teams um, just to try to get that price tag a little bit higher. But I mean, the Rangers showed that they were potentially going for it with the signings of Simeon and Seager. I love the triple S's. Um, that sounds pretty cool that we probably could come up with something better if we had all S's in there. And, you know, Garcia kind of sounds like an S, but um, those are pretty cool. Uh, I guess we should probably talk about your guy, Ben Attendi, uh, yeah. former Red Sox great or average Red Sox um, coming over. How does how does that make you feel? He has to shave now, but I don't think he could even grow facial hair. Yeah, he had like a five o'clock shadow kind of beard. But yeah, Andrew Benatendi was a New York Yankee. He is a New York Yankee after last night's Yankee loss to the New York Mets, which was a rough series for the for the Yankees. But Benatendi was mentioned in Yankee trades for several months, and then the news that he's not vaccinated came into play. And then I even mentioned on here of a long rant, I thought that the trade would not even happen because that is a key component to playing in the postseason because you just don't know if the Yankees have to play the Blue Jays in the postseason. And if that has to be the case, then he has to get vaccinated or he won't play. But after the trade happened, news came out. John Heyman said, word is Ben Intendi has told folks he will get the vaccination trade is final. So the Yankees must believe he will. So that yeah. is, so now he is able to play the Toronto series at end the end of, of the year, end of yeah. September, which, you know, as of right now, it might not look as an important series, but it could be at the end of the day. You never know. Toronto can win, you know, 15 of the next 20, go on a huge run, make it really interesting towards the end of August, going to September, and it could be a big deal. And also they could be playing the postseason. You don't know. The Blue Jays have been playing a lot better as of late. They're 10 games over 500 right now. But uh, the, the Yankees really won this trade. It was – you're getting Benintendi, who's betting 320. He's high on base, a doubles machine, and they trade away three pitching prospects. One was the 19th overall in this Yankee system. Next one was 21st. And then the last guy was not even in the top 30. So these are guys that were just uh, – the Yankees were not afraid to throw away and trade for uh, a new left fielder. And tonight's game, we're recording, of course, on Thursday. night. he went 0 for 4 with – First, that bat was a strikeout looking, but but he did lead off, and lead so off, that puts is... a lefty in the lineup to then go lefty with Judge righty, Rizzo lefty, Torres righty, Hicks is a switch hitter. I don't know if you really want him batting fifth. I feel like the Yankees aren't done yet. I feel like there's going to be some more moves. They got to get some more hitting. I feel like they need some more bullpen, and I, I feel like their rotation's honestly in the best shape of any of the categories. I mean, you don't have to do too much with the lineup, clearly. I just feel like there's not enough length, and the bottom of that lineup is hideous. Uh, let me check the lineup real quick. Um, I was watching a little bit of the game before we hopped on here. Yeah, look, Trevino has been a he's bright been good. surprise he, for he, the he's Yankees. Been, he's been great. I mean, yeah. I don't know what you can expect from a catcher nowadays. Literally nothing unless it's uh, one of the Castillos, it seems, or Contreras, excuse me, one of the Contreras's. Contreras, Will Smith is pretty good, but you're right. Yeah. There's only a handful of catchers like out there that, yeah, five. that can right. really, really play. Um, Matt Carpenter has been a guy that's been a bright spot, and I think when everyone's healthy and everyone's ready to go, I think when you have Stanton, Benatendi, and, and Judge in the outfield and Carpenter DHing, I do agree with you. I think there needs to be another bat in the lineup, but I think that this might be the only bat. The bolt, the pitching-wise, I think they're going to get Luis Castillo, and I think they're going to go get a reliever. I don't know who that reliever is. Maybe it's a David Robertson. Maybe it could be a um, it could be a Jorge Lopez. I don't see that happening. In division trades are extremely rare, unless it's a you know something that the Orioles just cannot refuse to like just to take. So they may have to, but I don't see that happening. But there is a lot of possibilities. I'm very happy with the trade. I'm very surprised at the same time. It is a great acquisition for the New York Yankees. But there is a lot to do still in what about, the trade market. What about uh, Giancarlo's Achilles? What are, how, how worried are we about that? 10 days minimum stay or is it longer than that? Uh, I don't know the details. But if, if I was on the side of making decisions... I'd be very delicate with that because uh, you tear an Achilles, it could be a uh, career-ending injury. So is very difficult 
And unfortunately, without him in the lineup, it does reveal a huge hole in the middle of that order. When you have all the guys working at the same time, Judge, Stanton, Rizzo, and then when Benetton comes in and Carpenter, it's huge. Now, a guy I think will be either DFA'd or straight up released would be Joey Gallo very, very soon. I saw some trade rumor stuff talking about Gallo, and I don't know what team would get him. I saw a graphic. Now, for everybody at home that watches baseball, that listens to this show, knows this isn't a good stat I'm about to read. So Joey Gallo, Griff, in his last 28 games, 6 for 69, a 087 nice. average. Nice. Three home runs. You're nice, you're right. So 087 average, three home runs, OPS of 505, K percentage 38.8. Ooh, ooh. Who Can't needs air conditioning? Who needs air conditioning when you got that swing and a miss right there? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, look, there's a lot of things going on. I think he needs to be legit thrown into the garbage. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm happy with what's going on with the Yankees. I'm happy with the Soto talk. I just wanted stuff to happen because August 2nd is here. It's, it's, it's going to be here in a snap. It's going to be here. I think we're going to be seeing a lot of moves in the next 72 hours. A lot. I think um, – I at the freaking, you know, twenty third hour on August second, they're gonna freaking just do some wild deal. It's gonna be coming out of nowhere, but we will keep everybody up to date. Now we two all more know, shows, two more two shows, more shows. To break that down. So uh, hurry up, <laughs> hurry up, boys, keep it rolling. Trade somebody. I heard Pablo Lopez could be on the on the on really? the uh, rumor Ooh. wheel. Yeah, all right, Pablo Lopez might be moved because the Marlins just said like everyone's. Tradable except for Sandy. Everybody is, and I don't. I think that's insane. And also, I you see they should they should trade Sandy. What are we talking about? Come on, they get so much back for him, man. They would get. But you see their their top pitching prospect just got Tommy John. Yeah, um, not great. Max, Max Meyer. Yeah, Meyer. Yeah, that sucks because he's part of that new uh, the young upcoming uh, rotation. Well, but, but the thing is, dude, the Marlins have. Enough. The one thing they can hand, they can't lose Avisail Garcia because then they'd replace the 170 hitter with a 160 hitter. But they can handle some pitching. I mean, it sucks that he's going to be gone for probably a year and a half. But, yeah. um, you know, sometimes they come back throwing harder, you know, and then once you get Tommy John once, hopefully. And he knew it again. too. If you, if you watch the start, he, he knew it as soon as he hurt himself. He walked off. There was no hesitation. He walked right off. He said, I, I knew he, he definitely knew. I tweeted it out. I was like, oh, this guy knows. Tommy John, but they have pitching up the ass. Cisco Sanchez and uh, Edwin Cabrera, who's going to be almost maybe even better than Sandy, and of course Sandy and Pablo, and they they're all set in that spot. But they need some bats. But um, is there anything else you want to talk about with the trade deadline stuff? Anything? No, I think we, I think we've done enough so far. Uh, we can get into uh, Friday's card. Uh, well, sorry, we haven't even done our series spotlight. So yeah. why don't you leave us off? Oh, okay. Uh, my series spotlight, weekend series spotlight to look forward to for the weekend is the Twins taking on the San Diego Padres. The Twins have been playing some decent ball recently. They, yes, they're on a two-game skid, but they are still up atop at the American League Central, 52 wins, 46 losses. And the San Diego Padres, 10 games over 500, 55 and 45, but 11 and a half back of the leading Dodgers, but the Padres are sitting atop that second spot in the wild card. And for the twins, like I said, they lead to the AL central. And in this matchup for game one, two and three, Joe Ryan in game one versus Blake Snell, Sonny Gray versus Joe Musgrove in game two. We do have a TBD for game three for the twins, but Griff told me earlier that it could be Dylan Bundy versus Sean Manaya. I'm liking the pitching matchups in this. I think Joe Ryan definitely has the upper hand against Blake Snell. I think Snell pitched pretty decently well, I guess, in his last start, I want to say. I could be wrong. Um, it's like we always think like a great start at Blake Snell is like, can he go six innings? Uh, he went five innings against the Mets, struck out five, just allowed four hits, and that's it. So a decent start against the Mets, five innings. But he's had a pretty like Blake Snell season. 475 ERA, two and five. Um, he's he lucky to go six innings. Joe Ryan, on the other hand, I think he's had a pretty decent season. 
Uh, yeah, two eight nine ERA, seven and three record. He's pitching pretty well. Last start against the Tigers, five and two thirds, seven Ks. A lot of one earned run. Sonny Gray has been a uh, the veteran uh, starter for this rotation, but the big man on the other side, Joe Musgrove, a two six three ERA. Musgrove with the upper hand there, and then I think whoever throws game three for the Twins is going to. There's no match for Sean Manaya. I know Sean Manaya isn't the best, but the Twins really don't have a lot of great starting pitching. And if Dylan Bundy gets on the mound, Dylan Bundy loves throwing meatballs down the middle and getting absolutely shelled. So I think it's going to be a fun series. I think um, both lineups are – one lineup is doing better than the other, but the Padres have been hitting pretty well recently, I'd say. But- I do have some thoughts on this one. So – as as you mentioned, so it's basically the the bats of the Minnesota Twins going to a park that doesn't allow for much offense, unfortunately. Uh, there are, I mean, home runs. There are a lot more home runs hit there now than there were years ago before they moved the fences and all that sort of stuff. Um, I have big concerns with the Minnesota Twins bullpen, and I feel like I if you don't have a totally bullpen agree. these days, it's, you just can't really back them. Um, and Joe Ryan, that two eight nine ERA sounds ridiculously low considering how he's pitched this year. I feel like he's been poor, uh, nowhere near the standards that he was setting last year, which maybe my expectations were too high. But I feel like he's an eighty nine mile an hour fastball, and it's just not good enough at this level. Um, so I expect he's going to regress to uh, a, a more league average pitcher sooner rather than later. Sonny Gray's not going deep into games, not striking guys out. I'm worried his arms messed up because he's always hurt. Um, so that's a concern. Dylan Bundy on Sunday, as you mentioned, 90 mile an hour top of the zone is not a great situation. And the Padres will have practiced just that against Joe Ryan two nights before. The nice part for the Twins pitching staff, though, is the Padres, they might have been hitting a little bit better lately. They didn't score a ton of runs, but did win the series at the Mets. They've not been hitting well at all. And the, the problem is, is like Blake Snell, no idea what he's going to do, honestly. No idea. No idea. I still wonder how he won that Cy Young in Tampa. Like, I know that might be the best pitching park in the league now. It it honestly might be the trop. Um, It's not that bad in San Diego, but to me, it's the walks that really kill me. Joe Musgrove is, the I think, the one trustworthy arm in this whole starting rotation of the three games for the whole weekend series. He's awesome, but, like, hasn't really looked the same to me since COVID. Um, So I'm curious to see what that looks like i mean the dodgers punished him for like one hanger so i guess i can't blame him too hard and manaya has been really struggling lately um i don't know what to say about him i feel like he's not throwing as hard he's never really been able to strike guys out so that's a big concern for me but should be a great series padres are trying to hang on to a, a playoff spot uh the twins still doing pretty well in the division um the guardians certainly aren't helping themselves losing the depleted uh, Red Sox to split that series would look like something they should have won. And the White Sox, I mean, just doing White Sox things, Kendall Graveman just walking the entire world on uh, Wednesday was interesting. But uh, for my series spotlight, I'm going to go. I don't think I'm going to change this up on you. I was thinking about going, I'm going to go Seattle, Houston. I feel like that is the best one to go to because it's the Astros who just came off a series sweep at Oakland, which is uh, one of the more puzzling results as I've been pretty much on the record of saying that I thought they were the best team in the AL. Uh, that certainly didn't help that series, but um, there are series already started tonight, two, two game in the seventh inning. As we speak, uh, Logan Gilbert at uh, Verlander tonight was great. Um, and I think, or excuse me at Urquidy tonight, Verlander. So I'll go through the, the rotation as, as you did Verlander on Friday, Robert Valdez Saturday, Jake Odorizzi is listed for Sunday, but I feel like he's hurt. So Luis Garcia might slide up or that might be a bullpen game potentially on Sunday, Seattle uh, opposing them with Robbie Ray, Chris Flexen, and then George Kirby, who's fresh off uh, a demotion to get some work in or some rest in, in the minors, Uh, the Mariners. I mean, we've been on them all season. They did not start the season well, but they've been playing very well since then. They got a lot of games coming up against the Angels, who don't seem like a team that's fighting for much. As you rock your Mariners shirt, didn't didn't notice that till now. Um, and they get a lot of games of the A's, which is important. So I still think they're a, a potential playoff team. Diego Castillo went on the IL today, which is not great, but that that Seattle bullpen scary. It's nasty, and uh, I think that's going to keep them in games forever. Big thing to come from this series: 
The Robbie Ray Verlander ones could be very interesting because Robbie Ray's last start on July 24th was against these Mariners in Houston. Interesting. Right? No, I'm sorry. It wasn't in Houston. It was at home, but he got absolutely shelled. Griff, he got absolutely annihilated. Three innings, six earned, 10 hits. Definitely interesting thing to look for. I think, wow, you know what? I'm even looking at these starts, man. He's pitched really well up until this last start, getting absolutely shelled. But, yeah, Robbie Ray was very bad in the beginning of the year up until looks like the second week in June. But from June 12th to June 25th, he has gone uh, 46 innings, and he's allowed seven earned runs. That's a one three six ERA. That's fantastic if you're a Mariner fan and if you want to maybe bet on this game. It's been that's a three and zero win record in seven games during that stretch from June twelfth to June fifteenth. It's almost a, it's a full month. Despite his last start, he's been pitching very well, and this is the reason why the Mariners got him was to pitch big games like this. So I, I think this would be a great series, and just like the last one, I think the Mariners need to now maybe try to be nice for them to sweep the Astros at home. Right, I mean the Astros have swept them, but they. I mean Seattle's keep... played. Seattle's controlled the series this season. They they've been good, uh, and they've. I think a big part of them getting back on track for the season that put them on that big run was a series win, and I think it might have been even a four game sweep at home against Houston. They they won a series. I want to say in Houston earlier this year, won two out of three. Um, certainly didn't start off the second half of the year very well, but. Um, Robbie Ray, we'll talk about it more when we get to the Friday game, but he's been doing a lot of stuff with his pitch mix, which is um, you probably would know better than me and what that means midseason, but uh, confusing, but ultimately I think speaks to why he's good some days and bad some others, but that's also the Jekyll and Hyde nature uh, of baseball. So we can get in the Friday card now. Uh, best bets will come end of show per usual. Also got a promo code for everyone, so stick around. We'll start in Miami, uh, where everyone is on sale, except for Sandy Alcantara, Alcantara, excuse me. Uh, We've got Chris Bassett and the Mets visiting Alcantara and the Marlins. Currently, Bassett is a minus 125 favorite on the road. Whoa. Whoa. (laughs) Whoa. Whoa. Holy moly. I might be picking that later. Holy crap. Sorry for the spoiler there, but Look, I understand the Mets are like they're good. Not only the Marlins' offense stinks, but Sandy's got a one eight one eight one ERA, hundred and thirty three strikeouts. He's a dominant pitcher. He's going the distance. Mattingly's never touching him again. Like giving him. Remember that when he took him out against the Phillies, and then the Phillies came back and won the game. Bass threw blown the save. I bet on that game. By the that way, was your best bet. Yes, I remember that. I. Griff, what what is your what is your lines like for this game? <laughs> well, thank you for asking, so I can embarrass myself in front of everybody. Uh, I made Sandy oh, Alcantara. I made Sandy Alcantara minus one twenty five favorite. So I am uh, from the opener at book, Bookmaker. I'm hoping that this was different starting pitchers or something. I can't say I've been. I make lines every day, uh, so I would have been uh, eighty five cents off that. Honestly, I'm not necessarily a variance handicapper, but that is one of the biggest discrepancies I think I've seen all season on a game that wasn't like minus 400 or something like that. So I'm pretty surprised. I'm uh, very surprised. And I have a pretty good feeling that Sandy Alcantara has been underdogs, has been an underdog to the Mets at least twice this year. And I think he won both of those starts. Um, let's see. He pitched against the Mets uh, back-to-back starts. Um and in June 19th, June 24th, uh, took a loss in one of those, won the other, and then had another start against the Mets and won that one. Uh, so two and one against the Mets so far this year. Uh, I think he might have been an underdog each and every time. So uh, or at least was a very small favorite at that, maybe. Uh, so that's that's bizarre. Uh, that one's wild. Um, but Wacky. I don't really know what more to say. I mean, you, you kind of hit on it. Miami can't hit at all. So that's a pretty big problem. Um Chris Bassett, I mean, he's he's one of those guys that kind of learned and leaned into, hey, I need to strike people out and got a lot better about that. But I feel like he has not been very consistent this year. I mean, as you said before the show, Alcantara is on the list of guys not getting traded. 
Miami bullpen is not great, but I feel like they Tanner Scott's gotten plenty of outs this year. I don't really trust the Mets bullpen at this point, I got to say. So uh, that's a Sandy Alcantara or nothing for me. Uh, next, we'll go St. Louis at Washington. Miles Michaelis at Anibal Sanchez. I guess he's back. It's weird because they have Anibal and Aaron Sanchez both in the Washington organization this year. Um, currently, Michael is a minus 173 road favorite over under is nine. Um, that's a big number for Miles Michaelis to live to, to lay on the road, but I don't know how anyone can trust putting their hard earned hard earned doll hairs on the uh Washington Nationals. I totally agree. I think Bassett, uh, not Bassett, excuse me, I'm still wrapped up in that whole crazy line from the Marlins game. Uh, Michaelis has pitched decently well this year, and the Nationals offense with Soto or without him, are not competitive. It's not competitive baseball, and and Anibal Sanchez, good for him that he's pitching still, but I don't know how he could face a lineup now which has uh, has Arenado and it also has Goldschmidt back in the lineup after they were missed, deeply missed, in that Toronto series. Yeah, they're they're pretty well rested, you know. Um, did the Cardinals win that series? By the way, did they get a sweep, or did they? I know they at least won Wainwright start. Yeah, I think Wayne Wayne will pitch pretty damn well. I think from what I remember, he did. I think I think they lost the second one, but yeah, so they they split, or they they lost the first one, won the second one. So pretty good split considering they're missing their yeah Wayne uh, MVP candidate and their. Jeez. Um, more I probably Aaron I was probably making more money than Goldschmidt, so um, that's pretty wild. Uh, Washington did play pretty well at the Dodgers, I'll say that, but question motivation for any team in LA, pretty much in any sport. Next, we'll go Philly at Pittsburgh, a uh, big battle in the Keystone State. Is that right? Your guess, best that you know, your guess is better than mine, probably. Okay. Didn't mean to play uh, stump the DJ there. But uh, it looks like Bailey Falter at Jose Quintana, currently Falter and the Phillies, a minus 118 road favorite, over-under is 8.5. Quintana's had a really good year. Um, this is not the uh, matchup that you want. Nope. And Jose Quintana has, you're right, has been pitching pretty well. He, his last start, seven innings of shutout ball, four strikeouts. Previous start against the Rockies, left six earned. I... I no, the Pirates have been poor this year, and I know every single game here on out up till the deadline, uh, until yeah, I guess the deadline, even even more next month, the Phillies need to win these kind of games. Pressure's on. I don't know who Bailey Fulter is. I don't know. I've never <laughs> heard of the kid, but you put the ball in a kid's hands like this, there could be a lot of pressure. Going into it. So Bailey Falter here. The, here's a line from Bailey. Bailey last year, 2021, he pitched 33 innings, a 5.61 ERA. And now in 2022, a 5.18 ERA in 33 innings. So same amount of innings. Uh, he's had 12 less games pitched and he's had five more game starts. So he's getting a little more opportunities to start this year at the age of 25. As I don't feel confident with Bailey on the mound, and I don't think the kids had a lot of good success this year seeing that he has a 518 ERA. And I want to say his last start, five innings, four earned against the Cubbies. He has really, yeah, since he became the starting role here, he's letting up at least three to four runs every game. Three runs here, three runs there. So, and he's versing pretty good lineups i'd say and also he's first the nationals twice and he didn't really pitch great so i i'm not really positive with bailey here but at the same time the phillies lineup is a lot better than majority of the pitchers for pittsburgh but maybe hosting katana could get done and then gave the is ben Nars on the il or is he back no he's back i, I mean okay. i i trust i trust the pirates here I don't know I if too, I like I him. So too. I don't know if I like him enough to back him because unfortunately it's a big park and that works for Jose Quintana's pitch to contact ways. Uh, but unfortunately, it's not that big. And uh the Phillies did score a bunch of runs tonight before their bullpen got in there and really made a mess of it. Uh how <laughs> Juris Familia is still pitching, I'm not sure. Next uh, we'll go Arizona at Atlanta, massive Bob Garner who unfortunately was not elected to pitch in the home run derby, but uh I feel like he should have been. Um, he gets to visit the Very power funny. 
power hungry uh, Atlanta Braves. Kyle Wright's on the mound. Another Vandy boy. Uh, he's my, Kyle Wright's minus two hundred four favorite at home, and he is. Oh my god, uh, he is killing it! I'll tell you that much. He's he's had a good year so far. Um, he's minus two hundred four at home. Over under is nine. Um, I just don't know that I can believe that Bumgarner will be competitive in this start. Bumgarner had a little choice words in his last start against the Nationals. Got a little testy with how Victor Robles was treating him. To call him a clown and Victor Robles. Then I very next day came to the ballpark with a little red nose. Right, a little dot on his nose. So Bumgarner's a little feisty, a little I mean, we all knew that. He's got a kind of a temper, but I don't know if he can be bring you gotta bring all the anger, you gotta bring all the antics to this game to have a chance against this Braves lineup. Braves lineup is kicking it, and with Kyle Wright on the mound, 295 ERA, 12 and 4 record, 115 Ks. Wright is turning into the high draft pick that they were hoping for. I remember when Griff, I remember when this kid got drafted out of Vandy, I was like, dude, they just got a stud in their lap. And then it took Colorado a few years to get himself rolling, which I feel like we we as people in the media and also people hosting and, and, and talking baseball for a living every day, and also fans of the same way, we almost guarantee these high draft picks, they have to be good right off the bat. I think that's it's unrealistic, of course. And of course, we don't like we understand that it's very hard, but we expect greatness all the time. And Kyle Wright took a few years, and now he's turning into a freaking badass on the mound for the Braves. So, and I, I know I'm talking long winded here, but of course, I think the Braves are going to win here. But uh, I've been a fan of Kyle Wright for quite some time ever since he was drafted. I mean, he showed he definitely showed he had it, and then kind Absolutely. of struggled, struggled with control, and kind of bounced around, but. Um, definitely a live arm, uh, and he should have a – I mean, Arizona's not a very good team, so he should be able to pitch pretty well. I don't think that I'll be considering the Diamondbacks for my best bet on this episode. Dodgers then visit Colorado. They've scored 11 runs in four innings already tonight. So uh, maybe – I saw Cody Bellinger got a hit, so maybe Max Muncy will join him and try to get to 200 uh, batting average, but might be a year till that happens. Uh, currently, Jose Urias is visiting Chad Cool. Uh, and Urias is minus one, excuse me, minus 210 favorite on the road. Big, big number, huge number for a road favorite, but I guess that's what we got. Overrunners at 11 and a half. Um, I don't like the Rockies. Uh, they are a bad team, a bad franchise. They don't know what they're doing. They make big mistakes. And yes, I did bet them on Wednesday, but I just can't, <laughs> I just can't. Bud Black should not have a job anymore. It's like he, it's just make the, they make the same mistakes all the time. I've watched the same movie. They even if they're in this game, I mean, Chad Cool did have a complete game shut against the Dodgers earlier this year in this venue, which is like one of the least probable things possible. Th- I mean, if 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 you told me that I was living in an alternate universe and that happened, I would have said, okay, you're right. I'm in the metaverse with Mark Zuckerberg. But um, it was. I can't say that that's going to happen again. I don't know what the odds are on it, but I'll bet against it. And Urias has been really good. Dodgers are waking up. They hit the ball a lot tonight. I think that carries over in tomorrow's game. Ever since that Chad Cool complete game shutout against the Dodgers, he's just gone downhill. ERA was at three four nine. It's pretty good round days. So three four nine ERA, pretty solid. It's now at four four eight. So it's almost a full run up since his last that start in June twenty uh, seventh. Five run runs against the D-backs, four run runs against the D-backs, three against the Pods, and then five against the Brewers in his last start. He only went two and a third innings pitched. Not great. I know that shouldn't be ta- – like, it's obvious that the the, the Dodgers are, are in better favorites here and they're better spot, but a little information for Chad Cool. If you're feeling a little testy, if you're feeling a little – a little cocky, we'll go a little Chad Cool action. I mean, look, Cool could get traded. I don't know. I mean, remember they saw rumors two weeks ago that Chad Cool could be a trade candidate. And I think ever since that happened, he's just been absolutely garbage since then. But, uh, yeah, Julio Urias all day, every day. Yeah, you've been talking, actually. I have now remember this because you were mentioning Chad Cool as a trade candidate before as well. Uh, I don't know who's yeah. trading for him. I don't, besides. not anymore. I mean, he was at one point with that, he was pitching decently well, and now he's 
getting shelled by his own division. I think independent ball will be trading for him soon. Maybe next, next we'll Long go Island to, Ducks. Yeah, let's go. Uh, next we'll go to Marcus Stroman and the Chicago Cubs visiting the San Francisco Giants. Currently, Alex Cobb and the Giants are a minus one thirty home favorite over under seven and a half. Uh, it's a pretty good park for Stroman. He's going to throw a slider. It's going to get hit. But uh, if you can keep the ball down on the ground, um, there's a lot of room in that park in case he doesn't. Alex Cobb has been really unlucky, but um, sometimes if you're unlucky for an entire season, maybe you're just not very good. Uh, and I had high expectations for him, and they've certainly soured the Giants. I don't think they've won since the All-Star break. They're playing the Cubs right now, um, and I'm already – feeling nauseous because Patrick wisdom couldn't catch a pop-up. And then there was a uh, seeing, or excuse me, a bunt, the swinging bud single right afterwards. So the giants are in, they got runners in scoring position right now, but regardless, I think the giants have big, big problems. They're nothing like that team we saw last year. And so I'm interested in the Cubs. They've won, I think six in a row. The giants have lost seven in a row. I think two streaks going opposite directions. Um, It's Cubs are nothing for me here. Cubs plus 120, I like it, and here's the reasons why. Strowman, ever since his last start before his IL start, IL stint, so June 3rd, he allowed nine earned runs against the Cardinals. Rough start, hit the IL, came back a month later on June 9th. Ever since then, he's been pitching great. Four innings against the Dodgers, didn't let a run against the Mets. He left one one earned run, four and a third innings pitch, and then against the Phillies, he left one run in six innings. I know the distance isn't there those first two starts, but when you come off an IL stint, you have to take it easy, and Stroman has had some injury problems in the past, but that has to be a positive sign if you are betting on Stroman and if you are a Cub fan and you like betting on the Cubs. Stroman is maybe hitting his stride late in the year now. His ERA was at 5.32 before he hit the IL, and now it's at a 4.38. So it's coming down slowly. He's pitching better. And I think, again, it's a struggling Giants team. This could be a great opportunity for for Stroman, the Cubs, and maybe your wallet. Who knows? Yeah, he's trying to get traded for sure. Uh, next, we'll go Chris Bubich and the Kansas City Royals visiting the Giancarlo Stanton-less New York Yankees, Garrett Cole on the mound. And he is a whopping minus 335 favorite. Um, oh, my God. The Cubs, I swear to God. Um Minus 335, over-under is eight, and uh, I got to say, Chris Bubich has been a little bit better this season than I was expecting, but um, still don't see how even against an undermanned Yankee lineup that he can uh, keep it going. Just to clarify, everybody, uh, he's talking about the Cubs game right now, so not like the Cubs we were just talking about. He's talking about the Cubs game on Thursday night. He's multitasking. He's watching baseball, and we're recording a podcast. We do it all the time. I'm doing it right now. Um, I have the uh Astros game on. So I have that game off to my right. Well, I would watch that one, but I'm blacked out. So what do you want me to do? Nothing. Just you got to sulk and just get upset about the Chicago Cubs right now. But anyway, with this, uh, there really isn't much to say about this uh Yankee game here. The Yankees were kind of embarrassed tonight. They did win on a walk-off home run by Aaron Judge, the MVP of the American League. But they only had two hits. Yeah, I, I have to look at the positive with the, another W against a horrible team, but two hits against the Royals is a little embarrassing. But maybe they can rough up Bubich, who already has been roughed up all freaking year, and maybe Cole can lower that ERA under three. So nice game for the Garrett Cole and the Yankees. That's all I'm saying here. No biases here. All just spitting facts. Yeah, I mean, maybe they'll get a third hit tonight. Uh, maybe. Okay. Who knows? Next, we'll go Detroit at Toronto. Um, no line on this one. Garcia at Alec Manoa. Manoa is probably going to be a $3 favorite, would be my guess. Uh, next, we'll go Cleveland at Tampa, which was almost my pick for a series spotlight. Uh, Shane Bieber and his, uh, well, I'll get to him in a second, at Jeffrey Springs. Currently, Springs is a minus one, excuse me, Bieber minus 107 road favorite. Pretty much a pick em, uh, I must say. And man, Shane Bieber, uh, velocity issues have been a thing for him this season. And his slider has been still really good. Problem is he hasn't really been able to, uh, he didn't have his slider against the the White Sox on Sunday. 
uh, gave up a home run to all people, Larry Garcia on a fastball because people would just gave up on the slider because he got scared to throw it. It seemed um, Jeffrey Springs fresh off the IL is a little bit of a concern. Didn't go very long in his last start. So there's some flaws slash problems there. And I mean, kind of what I alluded to earlier with the Rays, it's really hard to, to really price them right now because they are a really good franchise, but they just don't seem to have the team that we're used to them having. Uh, but I lean to to Springs and the Rays at home because I feel like they do play better at home than anyone else does um, in this league. I think they're they're probably the biggest. Um, they they get priced like a good team at home, and I think they deserve it. Uh, I'm looking to back them. T- talk me off the Rays here if you can. Uh, uh, the offense just is not great. Like I understand they had it's a nice bad. Con- it's bad, bad. I'll call I it know. bad. It's very. I don't. I'm just. Try, I'm trying to be positive here with your pick here and you liking the race. I like the Guardians because they're going up against a lineup that really hasn't pitched great. Now look, I mean, hit great. Now look, look Bieber last start was very bad, flat out six earned runs over six innings against the White Sox. Previous start against the White Sox on June twelfth, game one of that series, game one of that uh doubleheader, he won a complete game, one earned run, seven strikeouts. He has been very inconsistent this year. Three feet, three five five ERA. Of course, the strikeouts are still decently high. He has one ten right now. I I understand the velocity can be a can be an issue here. I, I don't know what the details are about that. I'm actually interested to know what those details are. It's not new because it's been all season long. His velocity. I know it's. I know we we you talk about it all the time. I know it's not a. A new thing. I, I kind of want to know what the reason behind it is because there's pitchers out there who follow. Maybe some people at home would know this. They follow the Justin Verlander route. I don't know if you've you you watch the Astros when you can. Um, <laughs> Verlander, <laughs> Verlander, I cannot. Okay, okay keep going. Yes, Verlander. In. Yes, Verlander has done this his entire career with both teams. He's with the Astros or the Tigers. He would start out his first three innings throwing 93 to 95. Then the next three innings, he ramps up to 96 to 98. And then he lets it all go. If he goes the distance in the eighth and ninth inning, throwing, if he can, 99 to 100. And he's done that his whole career. Now, maybe Bieber's doing that, maybe throwing – a lot less fast, uh, not as fast because he's maybe just trying to save his arm. I don't know what the issue is there because if you throw 96 two years ago, you should be able to throw it two years later. Like there should be no issues. Maybe there is some arm issues that he's trying to deal with and trying to fight through while recovering in a season. I don't see that being the case because if you're having arm issues, you hit the IL and you recover. You're not going to want to fight through it and make it worse. Or maybe he's trying to preserve his career a little bit by throwing a little less fast. I, I don't. I don't know. Not as not as hard. I, I don't know what the real reason is. I mean, and good, those are the only good, guesses I have. Good point about Verlander. He definitely did throttle that and start off at a lower velocity and then ramp up as the game went on. Uh, I don't think that what Bieber's been doing because it hasn't. I, I think his max exit or exit velocity is more of what you do with when you hit the ball, but his max pitch velocity or or whatever is nowhere near as high as it has been in the past. He's still been very, very good this year. Uh, but it seems to me when he's not good, he's pretty far off. Uh, I'm looking at his fan graph Sunday. right now. I'm going to look at his fan graph and it can tell me his fastest pitch this year. So he's averaging. So look in two, in 2020, he was averaging on the fastball at 94, two. That's the highest average fastball he's, he's had. And now in 2022, I'm he's gonna guess he's sitting 92 is my guess. He's averaging 90.9. That's worse than 92. He's averaging four miles per hour less on the fastball than he did in his 2020 season, which I want to say that was his Cy Young season, and it was a Cy Young season where he went eight and one with the one six three ERA. So look, th- these it is. I think that is a real situation that. It is very important. So pitch info, pitch velocity. So yeah, the fastball is not as high as it usually was. Uh, yeah, it's pretty incredible. Holy crap! Even looking but, at it, but uh, if he was hurt, they wouldn't be putting him out there. Agreed. So agreed. So maybe he's 
He's he, it looks like all of his pitchers are kind of slower. Yeah, his cutters three miles per hour slower than than twenty twenty. Uh, his curveball is two miles an hour slower. His changeup is two miles an hour slower. His slider is the same speed. So he is throwing slower overall, not just the fastball. It's every pitch besides the slider. So maybe he's just trying not to. He's trying trying to keep his career longer. I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. But that is something. Look, are you going to get that on any other freaking podcast? Anybody? Are you guys going to get that on any other podcast? No. We're breaking down velocities on pitchers that you might want to bet on. In- interesting info, right, Griff? Interesting yeah. info. Please, please answer answer us. Tell us what the answer is. Why does he lose four <laughs> miles an hour? Because it's not fastball. Like he hasn't exactly had a dead arm for six months here. Okay, so there's something that's got to be happening. That that's a much shorter thing. Uh, besides, until we do two hours on each game on a podcast, we'll move on to the next one. Oakland at Chicago. White Sox style. James Caprillion at Lance Lynn. Uh, your boy, Lance Lynn, minus 199 favorite. Couldn't give him $2 because he weighs more than that. And over under is eight and a half. Uh, and I got to say, Lance Lynn's been a little bit better. He had a good start, at least his last time out. Gets the worst team in the league. Um, I feel pretty confident in the White Sox, which is not something I've been able to feel confident about since, uh, I don't know, April. Lance Lynn had his first good start in about a month against the Guardians. Um, And as I'm talking, Griff is having a panic attack because the Cubs are on. I don't think the Cubs are doing what he wants to do. Anyway, Lance Lynn, yes, his last start, pitched decently well. Six strikeouts, six innings, no earned runs against the Guardians. Uh, It's tough because is Caprillion going to do anything against the White Sox? I don't know. Can the White Sox do anything offensively? I don't know. Probably not. They're a very bad team. There's already uh, rumors about Ramon Lariano could be dealt and Frankie Montas could be dealt. Saw that earlier today before we were recording. I don't like giving Lance Lynn any fucking credit. I don't. And and when, when I have to, I have to. But I don't like... Fuck him. I'm probably going to take him because like you can't take the A's, right? If Paul Blackburn's on the mound, you shouldn't be touching it, right? <laughs> Yeah, uh, I mean they did just sweep the uh, the Astros, which wow. is awesome, which is so great. I mean that's just baseball at its finest. Yeah. The, like a Mariners were one of the hottest teams in baseball, get swept by the Astros, and then one of the worst teams in the game, the A's, sweep them. It's base. That's why baseball is the best. On any given day, the worst team in the world can beat one of the best. That's why baseball is the best. Next, we'll go Seattle at Houston, as we already alluded to in my series spotlight. Robbie Ray at Justin Verlander. Verlander minus 173 home favorite. Over under is seven, so not expecting a lot of runs here. Uh, I prefer the Seattle bullpen. I prefer the huge plus sign on Robbie Ray. I'm a little worried about that last start. So what I kind of mentioned earlier is he's done a pretty good job of really spending um, or I guess switching up his pitch mix. He has been messing around with a fastball, a four-seamer versus a sinker. Um, believe it or not, I think the sinkers worked better for him this season and then clearly did not work very well in his last start against the Astros. You need swing and miss against the Astros, I think, to be successful. Um, Shoei Otani showed that it can be done. I wasn't sure that it could, but it can. Um, I lean to Seattle here. I think they've really shown that they're uh, – an, almost an equal to the Astros. They haven't played that well against the, the rest of the teams out there, but I feel like they've played the Astros really tough, and that home sweep just from fresh out of the All-Star break will will mean something to them, and I think they'll be pretty motivated for this series. I don't disagree, and the key factor in my decision to maybe not back the Rays, as, I'm sorry, the Mariners, as much as I love this pick at was it, plus 159, am I correct? Yep. Verlander has just been untouchable this year, and it's very hard to not pick him in any game. And even against these Mariners, he had a tough situation, and he got out of it with two huge strikeouts to end his uh, great performance in Seattle. Ugh, I don't know. And and we, we broke down Robbie Ray really well just a few moments ago, but that last start, what was his last start? I just mentioned it. I can pull up the he got tattooed here. by the Astros. Got tattooed, right. So, um, 
Robbie Ray. Yeah. So he, uh, it was, uh, yeah, six turn runs in three innings on the 24th. That's tough. And you are going into a ballpark where they have the shortest left field porch in the game. It is easy balls to go out. They have a deep center field, which could be a problem and also could be a benefit at the same time. But, and the left field and left center could be a problem for Robbie Ray again. But I, I would, if you were betting on this game, really look into it. Uh, I do think that Verlander might have the upper hand here, but I do lean bullpen wise, like uh, Griffin said before, with Robbie with the with the Mariners here, and on the guy who's also been heating up ever since his home run derby, Julio Rodriguez. Big Rod. All right, everyone, listen. We're not going with that. We're going to keep it J-Rod, but Griff's going Who-Rod. He's going to try his... Dude, you have to keep tweeting it. You have to tweet it. Whenever he does anything, you have to tweet out Who-Rod. If he hits a single, you tweet that out. If he catches a, a, a routine fly ball, tweet it out. Well, he's had two home runs in his first two games back since his uh, near win in the in the home run derby. Next, we'll go Texas right. at Los Angeles, Angels style. Uh Martin Perez, Martin Perez, and Patrick Sandoval. Uh, Sandoval, minus 115 favorite, over under seven and a half. I don't really understand why the Angels are favored to anybody. Uh, Martin Perez certainly is not going to strike out a lot of guys, but he is very, very talented, uh, or at least his, his numbers look make him look that way. He's had a really good year. I can't – everyone's tried to poke holes in it the whole time. Um, I lean to the – the Rangers here. I do too. And this could be Martin Perez's last start as a Ranger because he is on the on the trading block as well. Martin Perez has found a the fountain of youth in his career. Later, the latter half of his career, he's been pitching pretty well, including this all-star season, which all-star the lone all-star for the Rangers, I understand, but he's an all-star on any any team he plays on. I think he's pitched extremely well this year. I agree. The Angels stink. They f- are so freaking bad. And the fact they're uh, – I know they're – the Rangers aren't great either. But even against Perez, who has pitched incredible all year, he's not the favorite in this. I'm a little skeptical on that as well. Well – the Angels do get a little bit more respect than I think they deserve. It's not new. It's been a while where they've it been, it's been that way. Patrick Sandoval is a good arm, but he's still got a ways to go to kind of show that he can actually be. He struggles with his control, and then it forces him to throw his fastball, which gets hit really hard. That's how I understand him to be. Not great. I mean, the Rangers aren't perfect to take advantage of that, but um, I feel like they'll be very happy to see someone that's not Shohei Otani uh, tomorrow night. Next, we'll go with Baltimore at Cincinnati. No line here as there's no starter for Baltimore. Uh, Mike Miner on the bump for the Reds, and I would like to bet against him if possible. Um, so hopefully the Orioles are going to be an underdog. I don't think they will be. Uh, before, this this is a – just going back to the Shane Bieber thing, since, since there's no starters in this, this is kind of a good time to figure this out. I found out the reason uh, – I looked on fan graphs for his velocity, if anybody's interested. So – uh, just prior to Bieber's injury, his velocity dipped to 92 miles an hour during his late September cameo. This was dating about the last season, and is now down to 91 miles an hour. Throughout the season earlier going on, Bieber has, was asked repeatedly about his velocity dip, and he and he's been telling he feels fine and expects his velocity to trend up in 2022, as we've reached the end of May when this article came out. However, no increase has shown. So. There has to be something dating back to his injury. I think regardless of his velocity change, his mechanics have been fine. It seems like um, it, maybe he's – I'm looking at some pitches here. It looks like he releases a lot slower than he usually does, not hiding the ball as much anymore. But I don't know. That's just me just talking because I was just interested to see. I know I kind of derailed the, the end of this year, but – there was no starter, no line for this game so far. All right, we'll we'll resume. Uh, Woodruff Sorry. and the Brewers at the Red Sox and Brian Bayo, who has not looked like a major league quality starter yet, but also nobody in that Red Sox rotation currently looks like one. Uh, Woodruff a minus one sixty one road favorite at Fenway. 
that is bananas, but is monstrous and probably for a reason. Over under is nine. I feel like Bayo could give up nine runs himself. Um, not not really that interested in the Red Sox here. I gotta say. Uh, yeah, I'm not interested either. I think Bayo's going to be pretty good eventually. I think he's got some good stuff. But the Milwaukee Brewers have been hitting pretty well lately. They've been hitting pretty well. Uh, Hunter Renfro has been hitting the absolute shit out of the ball. Sorry for the younger folks at home. But he has been. He's been clobbering the ball lately. And I think, and also, I think Woodruff has been pitching decently well lately as of late. I know he started off the year a little slow. But they need him to start heating up into levels like Corbin Burns if they really want to start separating themselves against the St. Louis Cardinals, if that could be possible. Certainly the goal. Uh, and then to your series spotlight for our last uh, game of the Friday card, we got Joe Ryan and the Twins at Blake Snell and the Padres. Currently, Blake Snell is a minus 110 home favorite, about as slight as you can be while still being a home favorite, over under a seven and a half. Uh, and you got, as we kind of mentioned earlier, we got uh, one team that can hit the Mar- excuse me, the Twins. One team that can that has a good bullpen in San Diego, but there's a little bit of shakiness at the end. Blake Snell's really hard to trust. Joe Ryan is not living up to the billing of last year, to say the least. So there's a lot where this one can go. Uh, it might it might be one of those situations where a small favorite makes sense because no one really feels comfortable projecting what's going to happen here whatsoever. Yeah, it's definitely a bullpen game, I I would say, for the Padres. And I think it usually is when when Snell goes to the mound. I feel like there's like a pregame meeting. Like there's always pregame meetings for pitchers. They're like, all right, boys, we got Blake on the mound. Get ready or start stretching the third and be ready to throw in the fifth. Because that's how it is. Blake Snell, ever since he left the Rays, is just, I mean, even when he was with the Rays at one point, was just like, all right, five innings. Here we go. That's what we're going to be doing. I like Joe Ryan. I like the. I like the Twins. Maybe they can try growing a, a, a lead early on so the bullpen doesn't have to do much. Uh, Emilio Pagano has a five ERA. He should never be. He has to stop pitching this year. Like he just needs to hang up the cleat, start over next year. Maybe they can get the ball to Duran. I don't know if he's available, but they don't. He, they don't seem to want to give him the ball. Uh, they were giving him two innings at a time, and they stopped doing that. They stopped also having him close games. I think because they want to avoid that save stat in arbitration. Um, so he seems like the eighth inning guy now, and which means we got my namesake Griffin Jacks closing. I mean, he's got good numbers, but he's I got trust great numbers. Yeah, it's maybe Griffin not... Jacks can, but you can't have two guys, right, Griff? You can't have two guys to rely on to be able to shut the door. And they went out and traded for Emilio Pagan from these Padres and also Chris Paddock, and Paddock's out. and Trey really isn't bouncing for them right now. I mean, the Taylor Rogers is also struggling too. So maybe it's kind of an even, even like down the middle. It's like, all right, we both traded pitchers who can't really pitch right now. But uh, I do roll. I'm, I'm going to roll with uh, the Twinkies in this one, though. Cool. And uh, best bets are coming right now. I did just see uh, to close the books on our trade chatter. I did see Tyler Naquin going to the Mets. Just saw that. Ooh, also, interesting. I mean, not a lot, not a huge name, but uh, I guess some relevant get a lefty bat come off the bench for the Mets. And then I did see uh, collision at home plate and Alex Bregman was limping, but he is still in the game at third base. So I think he's all right. So uh, before further ado, Here's a 25% off uh, promo code for our listeners. Enter the promo code RBI25. Runs batted in 25. You get 25% off any site purchases at pregame.com. You can buy my picks. You can buy other people's picks. Whatever you'd like. Mine come out at night so you can get something to watch the rest of the day. Play the stock market a little if you will. Uh, also, some other great handicappers like my guy AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik, and others on there. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening. And we'll get into our best bets um i went one and oh on our last podcast we went one and one as a team we're a team on this thing we're trying to shoot for two and oh but i will take the reins on this one um and i know that you were leaning this way as well no uh, don't do it to me i'm sorry but since i you have the honors i have the t-box i have oh, the t-box right. um so without further you know i'll you know, I'm a nice guy. I'll, I'll give that to you. I'm going to take oh. Martin Perez and the Texas Rangers plus 105 on the road at Anaheim. I just feel like the Angels are pretty much dead in the water. Uh, Martin Perez has had a really good year. I'm not 
going to deny that he has. I mean, he's done it in the past when he was with the same Rangers ball club. He was awesome when they won the uh, American League pennant, I guess, regular season when they won that got the one seed a few years back. Um, I think he does it again. I don't think there's enough in the Angels lineup to really bother him. And Patrick Sandoval has got too many questions. So I'm going to take the Rangers plus 105 as my best bet. I'll be honest. I thought you were going to go with the one I'm about to pick, but I also thought you were going to go with another one too. There was, there's actually a lot of like solid bets we can do tonight, like on this Friday episode. I honestly thought that you might want to go maybe the Strowman route, maybe. I don't know. That's another one I kind of I, I really like too. But for my best bet for Friday, and it was the very first game we talked about, the Mets versus the Marlins, and I'm picking Sandy Alcantara and the Marlins plus. 115. It's absolutely bizarre that Sandy is not favored in this. I understand the Marlins offense is not great. I understand the Mets have just come off of a nice series sweep against the New York Yankees. They're hot. They're excited. Bassett's been pitching pretty well. But this is Sandy we're talking about, man. This 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 guy has been absolutely dynamite all year long with a 9-4 record, a 1-8-1 ERA, 133Ks. I don't know how you don't pick him. It's How many times are we going to see this again where he's a home underdog, Griff? We're not going to see it that much. And if you can take him now, punch the ticket, plus 115, lock that baby in. Yeah, I really like that. Uh, part of why I didn't take the Cubs is uh, I'm watching their game currently, and uh, I'm about as nauseous as I've felt uh, since I was on a cruise <laughs> ship when I was 11 years old. So, um, Sorry, buddy. That sounds terrible. I, Patrick Wisdom just pop-up dancing and just completely missing a fly ball and then and pop-up in, in the infield and laughing about it just speaks to uh, the dog days of summer and what we're about to walk into with all these teams that don't give a you-know-what. Um, rat's ass about winning yes um so those are our best bets i'll go rangers plus 105 uh my guy taylor's got the marlins plus 115 um that'll do it for this friday edition you can follow me on twitter the real underscore g warner feel free to uh slide in some dms throw some questions my way i do have a podcast coming out uh on the soccer pitch um so we're continuing with this pitch theme uh feel free if you want to jump in there or throw me some things I said some some pretty nasty things about Liverpool today, so uh, hopefully you guys will let me off the hook for that one. Didn't really mean it. Um, Taylor, why don't you give yours and get us out of here? Great episode, Griff. You guys can follow me on Twitter, Taylor Ringold, T-A-Y-L-O-R-R-I-N-G-O-L-D. You also follow me on Instagram. It is Taylor underscore Ringold. And my other socials, you kind of just type my name in and you'll see it there. Another great episode in the books. We will see you guys on Monday. Guys, we got a few more a few more pods until the trade deadline is over. We'll get Monday in. We'll recap a lot of the trades that happened. And, of course, we'll get an episode on Wednesday, which is fan questions. And we will recap all the big trades that happened and see where the lines might be changing for future bets for certain teams certain odds go up or they go down for certain teams we'll we'll talk all about it so another episode in the books we'll catch you guys on monday have a good weekend watching baseball talk to you soon